Billy, can can we please do a podcast? Let's do a podcast. <laughs> Let's do a podcast. Welcome to their very best. A podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Bill Noto. And I'm Waldron Faulkner. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about morphine. Or about part of morphine, because we're doing, we're going to do it a little differently, right? Yes. So this is Waldron's galactic problem writ large, as far as I'm concerned. It really is. And I think that morphine is to me as galactic as to you. You know, it's a band that... I just went crazy for in uh, the 90s, and um, I saw them a bunch of times, and they were sort of my own thing, and nobody else kind of knows about them very much, and and I have the same problem. And rather than trying to be disciplined and trying to come up with actually three or maybe five songs, I just couldn't do it. And so instead, we're just going to do the first two albums today. Right. We're just doing Good and Cure for Pain. Good and Cure for Pain, 92 and 93. Morphine, first two discs, very best songs. Right. It's a thing we've been threatening to do for certain artists, but I have to say that of all of the artists that we've done so far, Billy, this one is my favorite, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. So did you see them at the Middle East in Cambridge? No, I didn't, because I didn't discover them while I was in Boston. I discovered them when I was back in D.C., and so I saw them in New York and in D.C., and but I never saw them in Boston. Well, that's cool. The reason I asked about the Middle East is twofold. One, they named the square in front of the Middle East, Mark Sandman's Square. I, I, yeah. And an early band that I was in called Space Cake, we played at the Middle East downstairs. And so I'm excited to share that I played the same stage as Morphine. Nice. Morphine probably had a better show. <laughs> Pretty sure. I'm so psyched we're doing Morphine. I don't think I love them as much as you do. And to be honest, Cure for Pain is the record of theirs that I've listened to the most. So when we do part two, or I don't know if we're going to do like a 12-part series on Morphine. The problem is. But the future parts, we might need to alter the format to be uh, Waldron is the, what do we call it? The cruise, cruise director. director. What is it? Cruise director. Cruise right. director yeah, I, I think that that's probably a good plan because I don't think I've got just three songs for these first two albums. And I'm pretty sure I'd have a hard time choosing just three for the last three or four. My first pick, Waldron is off of Cure for Pain. Mm-hmm. Which I'll just say right now of the two is the better album. False. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. I have a quiz for you later too, by the way. Oh no, I'm going to fail the quiz miserably. You're going to really get your revenge. Finally, the revenge you've been seeking. I hear a voice. From the back of the room. My first pick is Buena off of Cure for Pain. I hear a voice cry out. You want something good? Oh, 
okay, good. I'm glad you did that. The song is a swung 16th feel, and multiple instruments are contributing to that, right? The drums, the guitar, the bass. But I, like, you know how you mentioned certain elements of songs are like catnip to you? Swung 16th is one of those things for me. So, right, when I hear that, I just get all excited. And uh, it's interesting, a lot of hip hop has that feel. You see, I met a devil named Buena Buena. And since I met the devil, I've been the same. Oh, no. And I feel all right now, I have to tell you. I think it's time for me to finally introduce you to the boy, the boy, the boy, the boy, the good, good, good. Tell me your thoughts on Buena. This is the song that, that turned me on to morphine. Uh-huh. When I was in my 20s, driving south from, I assume, New York on Route 95, through the part of suburban D.C., or getting close to D.C., where the radio station WHFS was available. And this was an alternative station. And I discovered one song after another that turned me on to two totally awesome bands that I had never heard of before. Hmm. One was Morphine, and it was this mm-hmm. song. The other was G-Love and Special Sauce. <laughs> and they played one, they played this, and then they played, um, you know, I forget which one it was. In the space of 10 minutes, I, I discovered two 90s That's awesome. loves for, for myself. That's so great. And I lamented that I grew up on the wrong side of the river from WHFS. Uh, you know, we couldn't really pick it up in my part of Northern Virginia. Instrumentally, this is a strange band because mm. it's everything's low. You've got a two-string mm-hmm. fretless bass mm-hmm. with the low two strings. Mm-hmm. You've got a baritone, mostly saxophone. You've got drums when they do have other instruments. Like if they'll sometimes introduce an organ, mm-hmm. it's also super low register. Mm-hmm. And when you've got your, you know, your two-string bass. I think what he's doing is just tuning that lowest, what would normally be an E string on a bass, down to a D. This song is even lower. It's down at C, okay? (laughs) So it is low, man. I mean. You forgot one element of the lowness, which is Sandman's voice, right? Right? He's a baritone singer. So I don't know. I feel like it's like sort of music engineering 101 and that you want to have like the whole spectrum of sound from the low end to the high end doing different things yeah they're about the low end it occurred to me that one of the reasons you might love morphine Mm. is that the drums are usually pretty loud in the mix for one Mm. thing but also (laughs) because the absence of any high end from other instruments just leaves all the cymbals and hi-hats and rides available for your ears to feast on without being interrupted by other stuff I love Morphine's drums, right? It's these two guys, Jerome Dupree and occasionally... Billy Conway. Billy Conway filling in. I do love how well you can hear the articulation of the drums. I think they're superbly recorded and very well played. I just think they're great drummers and great drum songs. But I also love that sax and I love that the grain of Mark Sandman's voice is incredible. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could sing like that guy. I have to tell you that your having picked Buena mm-hmm. gives me a conundrum. I love when that happens. I'm not quite <laughs> sure where to go next, but I think... Was Buena on your list? It was on my list. You scooped yes. one of my songs and... and <laughs> yes, what nothing. While you, while you were wrong about the best album, 
Uh-huh. Their very best of these two albums is, in fact, good. The uh-huh. first album from 92. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Buena might be the best song. I, I, you know, I'm not going to call it yet, but it's just so good. You know, it's just so good. I have a favorite, which is not Buena, and a best, which maybe is Buena. We'll find out. I've, I haven't decided yet. Pick something. I'm going to pick a song that will take us into the family court of public opinion. Mm. Because this is every Faulkner person's favorite morphine song. It's on good. It's called You Speak My Language. Oh, yeah. It's classic. I'm misunderstood. It really speaks to me, right? You know? <laughs> All around the world, everywhere I go, no one understands me, no one knows what I'm trying to say. And taking it in the lyrics to a literal sense, you know, like, <laughs> I open my mouth, I say things, people, they, they scratch their heads, <laughs> right? He's trying What's he trying to say? To say? <laughs> the reason this song is so popular in our family is because everyone likes to say, sing along, Brenda. Can you sing it? Sing along. No. And isn't Brenda referenced in Thursday as a person? Do you think it's Brenda that he meets at the wagon wheel every Thursday? I think so. I don't know. I could be mistaken about that. Brenda. I feel like Brenda is is on Cure for Pain too, as a as a person or an actor. Is that the dual sax action that you hear? It could be dual sax. I've seen him play the two saxes live, and I don't know whether it's got a single mouthpiece or like he puts both mouthpieces into his mouth and plays them both. And and when he's doing that, is left hand and right hand doing different things on each? Yeah. That's wild. I'm not sure how different they are. Like, I haven't asked any sax players, but I get the feeling that it's one of those things that looks like it would be super hard to do, but in fact, isn't that hard. It's kind of like hmm. if you were going to play guitar behind your back. Like right, 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 it's right, not, right, it's not right, actually right. that hard to do. You're just right. doing the same thing in a different... Yeah. Right. But it is impressive, especially with a baritone and an alto, to, to do that. Yeah, it takes a lot of wind, right? Yeah. All right, the next pick is off of the album Good, and it's You Look Like Rain. Oh, what a good choice. What a good choice, Bill. I relish the, the comfort of your approval. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> no, I'm glad you like it. I like it too. Just like vibe. Oh, the vibe, right? It's like smoky jazz club vibe right at the beginning. And the organ. He's got that organ going, right? You're mine and your experience called for me, this one feels like a swung eighth note feel. So it's like a straight ahead jazz feel to the. This has to me one of the great lines of cool of songs all time. of all time. I can tell you taste like the sky because you look like rain. That one or a yeah. different one? 
Yeah. That's it. That's oh, an amazing line. <laughs> I agree. I want to know what you got to say. I can tell you taste like the sky because you look like green. You look like green. You look like green. You look like To me, this is um, a younger man appreciating an older, experienced woman is like the point of view. <laughs> Yeah. So I'd like that too. That speaks to me. And I, it's about appreciating someone's mind and intelligence. Like those are the elements of the, an experience and, you know, yeah. having traveled the world a little bit. I, 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 I like that. It's not about uh, superficial things. It's about life experience and mind. Oh, the other thing that's cool in terms of the swung eighth note feel, for me... The drums are mostly playing quarter notes. One, two, three, four, right? The ride cymbal is the quarter note. You get your swing in the bass drum, right? Exactly. You think I love that. Like a whip on a horse's back. Stretched out to the limit, you make it crack. I think it's compelling when the feel of the swing is so strong, but there aren't that many swung notes. Do you know what I mean? So that's cool too. It's a great song, and I'm glad you picked it. The problem that we're having right now, Mm. it won't be a problem. Did I I scoop you again on You Look Like Rain? You did. You Look Like Rain was one of my, like, one of the, it was actually one of the songs I was going to have to go to in case I I had to fall back. So it's not a scoop then? It's a scoop of, I have five songs Mm -hmm. that I can go to. Mm And this, and I have five in case you scoop them. And now you've scooped two of them. If you scoop a third one, I'm going to be out of songs. (laughs) We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I think my next pick you would consider pedestrian, so I'm pretty sure it's not going to scoop you. I'm pretty sure your next pick will be pedestrian. (laughs) I think I know which one it'll be. (laughs) For me, I I have to say straight up, no morphine track can be considered pedestrian. Just because I kind of agree with that. A, look, I just going by the the plays they get on you know one of the prominent streaming platforms, <laughs> five hundred and thirty thousand yeah. plays. By comparison, that's on the same order of magnitude, by the way, as Miss Amy Mann, who yeah. has four hundred seventy-one thousand. You'll you'll be surprised to hear that the Cars five million monthly listeners. So that ten, is surprising. Ten times as many people like the cars compared to morphine. So I mean the cars is such a well-known yeah. Uh, to me that's a victory for morphine. I mean it's only t- 10% of what the car like the cars is a giant huge act yeah, that everybody true. knows, right? Yeah. And hardly anybody knows morphine. So to get to do 10% of that I think is pretty good for a band that's relatively unknown. Right. Anyway, let's hear your next pick. Okay, the next pick I it's one of those songs where I really don't hear it until I hear the end of the previous song. On the album Cure for Pain. Mm. So I don't hear the song Let's Take a Trip Together until I hear the end of Mary What You Call My Name. Huh. It's one of those it's one of those things where you hear the end of one song and then you hear the following song. Mary won't you call my name. It's somatically linked. My, yep. Mary won't you call my Mary won't you call my name? 
This is like quintessentially morphine to me. It's got that organ. The bell of the ride symbol here. There's some percussion going on too. There's like a conga or bongo or something. Breathing cold black space. The sound of his voice is with the glistening edges. He used to get on stage and he had two mics set up. One was like a regular yeah, like stage mic. The other was an old-fashioned sort of radio announcer mic with the was sort of rectangular looking, you know? Yeah. Like in the wrestling ring? On a <laughs> yeah, cord. one of those like rectangular things. But he used it whenever he wanted to have this sound to his voice. Huh. And I think he's probably using it here. There's two vocals here. God, I love that right there. Just to be alone with... And the concept is so relatable to me. You know, you want to get together, you want to... Get to really get to know somebody. You want to move to an entirely different context with that person. So, Waljin, this is one of the ones I predicted you would pick. Oh, really? Okay. And I'm, well, I'm, so. I feel like I'm so proud of myself for predicting it. <laughs> but you haven't said the things I would have predicted you would have said. So I thought you would have liked it because it's nice and slow. And also there's sort of like a spoken word thing going on in the very beginning. This lyric here... Somewhere there's no distracting breeze of information leaking through the windows, dripping from a tree. Somewhere there's no earthquakes of other people's anxious questions, no nervous wrecks. That's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's such a great song. Good, good choice. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about, like, what would be an unacceptable pick for Billy? You know, like, what, if, like I, what's on what Bill's if, if I had list? to veto something? I've got, a, I've got one song that I might veto, and I'm pretty sure you're going to pick it. But I won't veto it, because it's not a terrible song. It's a good song. Yeah, right? and, and, you know, here at their very best, we don't veto things. That's not a thing. <laughs> As partner and co-host... <laughs> I strenuously object to the notion of a veto, and I declare my my next song to be Cure for Pain off the album Cure for Pain. Oh! Billy, you you win. You win because it wasn't my veto. It wasn't. But your veto doesn't matter to me. Well, it wasn't the song that I was going to be like, pedestrian. This has a great line in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just tell a little story while we're hearing this. Yeah, tell me. Do you remember Y2K? The New Year's oh, of Y2K? Do I? So yeah. that New Year's, my chucklehead friends and I thought it would be a good idea to drive from Santa Barbara to Cabo San Lucas <laughs> in a Winnebago. 
which I don't advise anyone ever do. I mean, how old would you have been? Like, like mid twenties, like twenty five. Okay. Yeah. While there, <laughs> I went scuba diving. This is the last time I've been scuba diving. I haven't been scuba diving since this trip <laughs> because I had a hard time clearing the pressure. I ended up having like vertigo underwater. Oh man. And I felt like I was in some sort of underwater uh, whirlpool like situation. Like the whole world was spinning me around and around and that around. That would be terrifying. And then my knees touched the ground. I was only like 30 feet deep. It wasn't terribly deep. My knees touched the ground and I realized I wasn't moving at all and it was just all in my ears. And that's when I felt like, all right, time for me to go to the surface. This has been fun. And maybe I'll never do it again. Right. But my ears were kind of damaged because I couldn't clear the pressure. So, oh. yeah. And so I ended up going to a doctor in Mexico, in Cabo San Lucas, uh-huh. who I don't exactly know what he gave me, but I think it was some kind of narcotic. <laughs> and he injected some kind of narcotic in my, in my buttocks. Okay. <laughs> and then I spent... Like the rest of New Year's Eve on the year 2000 in a bed listening to this album on repeat. (laughs) Right. Now, was this album the cure for pain that would make you throw your drugs away? Or... (laughs) Notably, Mark Salmon supposedly never did hard drugs despite the name of the band and songs like this one. Oh, well, you wouldn't know it from looking at him. I got to tell you. Okay, gotcha. I enjoyed listening to this song and this album in that state, though. (laughs) In In my recovery. So I, you caught me off guard. You surprised me. I thought for sure that you were going to call the song... The saddest song. Do you know that? Uh, I'll play it just real quick. Yeah, play it. Ah, drums. Listen to the triangle. Wait, is this on good? It's on good. It's the second song on good. And it's a lot of people's favorite. Like, to me, this is the pedestrian choice. But it's not such a bad song that you would, you know, um, <laughs> that you would try to veto it. Try to veto it. It is, on my, it is on my top eight. I did make a top eight list, and it's the eighth song on my top eight. Okay. But well, I, I missed it. I, to me, that's the pedestrian, like you say it under your breath, pedestrian uh-huh. choice. Because uh-huh. it's a lot of people's like, oh, I love Morphine, that saddest song. And I'd be like, ugh. I hear you, I hear you. So, I guess, is it time? Or are we going to do some news and announcements? Well, I have to do some honorable mentions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's we'll get to the quiz. Quiz? Oh, no. Honorable mention is this one, In Spite of Me. Last night, I told the stranger 
Yeah, people like it. So, to me, this is kind of like the anti-morphine song with that mandolin sound. Yeah, right. Um, it's way up. You're like, oh my god, the, I forgot about that register, right? It's like so high up, and um, I think it just sounds very sweet. Yeah. One one thing about this band is that like non-fanboys could totally legitimately say, you know, after three songs, I sort of get it. I've heard this thing, like, you know, it begins yeah. to sound the same, all this of that. And I get that, but it just never gets tiresome to me. Like, I just love it. And mm-hmm. I don't even need the song to break that up. I, mm-hmm. This is a wonderful song. And just sonically, with you know, his, his voice sounds deeper yeah. because of that mandolin all the way up in the high end. In my right, that's my take. You know, like I, I interesting. Yeah, it's there's so much contrast there because it's not all low end. Um, okay, and now I'm gonna play a cover of this song. Oh, right, and I'm gonna ask you. Classic, Bill Noda. I'm gonna ask you to see if you can do any <laughs> oh, no. guesses. That's not a total stranger all about you. And check out how different it sounds. Have you heard this? I haven't heard this, as far as I know. And I know you did it all in spite of me. Can you recognize that voice? Still I'm to known you for the short time that I did. No. That's Matt Berninger. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, Billy, I would know Mike Berenger, <laughs> you know, wherever I heard it, right? He's the lead singer for The National. Clearly, I don't know. Yeah, and I think he might be on the we should check out list. And so two things that are going on in this cover that I appreciate. But occasionally you hear a quarter note stomp. <laughs> but it's only occasionally. Right. And then I'll ask you, and this is the quiz. Who Wait, produ- I thought that was the quiz. Who is the... No, the quiz is, who produced this? And by the end of it, you should know. You should be able to tell by the end of it. Okay, well, I'm hearing some B3, and so I'm thinking, spinning down the Leslie on the B3 turns it into a Booker T. Jones-produced joint. Exactly. And the vibrato changed at the very end. Harkens us back to our Booker T. Jones episode. You know, that, that quiz was not as bad as I had feared. I mean, I thought that you'd, you, sh- you know, I'm such a morphine fanboy that you could have asked me any trivia and I'd have been like, I don't know. <laughs> you could go false. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was talking to someone about music and they're like have you seen the rolling stone top 100 songs (laughs) (laughs) i was like like, it's a touchy subject (laughs) (laughs) all right billy it's time yeah let's do it let's play the best song what is the best song waldron i think their very best song is actually probably buena but i'm gonna make a call for my favorite song okay on the album Good, mm-hmm. track three, Claire. 
Oh, great song. Such a great song. So, it's D minor, of course, the saddest of all the keys. <laughs> but really it's D minor because his two-stringed fretless bass is tuned to D at all times. Treat me wrong, honey, I don't care. You never liked me much anyway. You told me meet you about half past But here's one last thing I can tell you about Claire. Yeah. And and I know this from my own limited exposure to the songs that I have out in the public. Mm-hmm. That is that if you have a, a song whose title is the name of a girl, mm. that song will get between two and three times more plays than any of your other songs. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Interesting. It probably depends on the name of the girl. I've got two in my stuff and this is under my pseudonym so nobody would ever be able to figure out what they are but there are two girl name songs that I've got and both have done miles more listens and you know attention than any of the other ones I can't believe I don't know your pseudonym and I'm sure you won't reveal your alter ego here but (laughs) maybe we could talk about that another time you know what Billy I would share it with you would you share it with our fans no This part right here, D minor nine, best chord of all, right here. So a sax can play a chord? Well, you can hear that there are three or four saxes going here. Okay. So that's like a, that, at that point, it's basically the equivalent of a horn section. He's recorded himself multiple times to make a chord. I think that there's one of each of the family, uh, baritone, tenor, alto, and soprano on that. Every time I hear your name Waljin, do you have any news and announcements? I don't. Do you? All that talk of news and announcements and there were no news and announcements? Well, there are none from me, but you always have some. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> you don't have news and announcements? Oh, man. Oh, it was so awesome talking about Morphine. I love this band. I really do. It's it's one of those Good. one of those bands that stuck with me since uh, I got that shot in the buttock. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it might have been morphine that you were given? I, it very well may have been. Let's say it Sounds was. Like maybe it was. Let's say it was. Yeah, you got a shot of morphine. You had to go all the way to Mexico to get your morphine. <laughs> Life lessons. It is decided for morphine. Yeah, proclamations here for the first two albums of Morphine. Best album. Their very best of the first two is good. And I'd say that that's a pretty strong contender for their very best album, Full Stop. 
and their very best song. Let's go with Buena. I think you called it. I like Claire a lot, and I think it's the one that has reached me the, the, the most, but the one that helped me discover Morphine in the first place, and the one that is um, that was agreed upon by both of us is Buena. So let's call that their very best of I these love two it. albums. Good call. Well, get in touch with us, folks. We have all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have an email. We have several email addresses. You can... <laughs> You can email us at wrong at theirverybest.com if you didn't like what we said or contact at theirverybest.com. We have a website, website. www.theirverybest.com. Yeah. It's a good website. It's getting better and better. Every episode, it gets better. So... I think it's been a while since we've had any new reviews, and I think that the fans should be leaving five-star reviews. I think after this episode, it should be a high five stars, not one of those low five stars that people keep talking about. And if you want a Morphine playlist to sort of get you introduced to the to Morphine, those playlists that you can get at theirverybest.com, our Morphine page, is gonna do the trick. You should go and check that out. We're gonna do more of these episodes, so beware. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron, and thanks for listening to Their Very Best. It's fantastic. Ship it, it's the good stuff. She loves, she loves. <laughs>